You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, Sid Talk. Welcome to this wonderful podcast. That's presumptuous yet again. And welcome to all the listeners out there to our wonderful podcast. We're all wonderful. You're wonderful. We're wonderful. Thank you. Well, you're starting on a high. So, Sid Talk, tell us about um, before the after the show discussion. Before the after the show discussion was really mostly you fixing the audio and us slightly discussing this movie, but yeah. we'll get there. So let me start with this little disclaimer. My microphone is being a little bit of an asshole <laughs> recently. Um, I don't know what's wrong with it. It keeps making this weird noise. Maybe you'll hear this noise during the podcast, or maybe I'll be the greatest editor ever and you won't hear it. I mean, but probably, yeah. I'm sorry if you do hear it, and I will get that fixed and get a new microphone, because... What's the sound? You want me to give it, emulate it for them? It's like the sound of a... Yeah, go on. It's like the sound of a helicopter in the background. It's irritating. It is. And uh, I have no idea how it's happened, but... And you are a scientific guy, and you have a scientific brain, and you literally go through every possible... Yeah. Thing, eliminate, eliminate, eliminate. And in the end, it's just... I've tried everything. I've even bought a new cable this week and nothing is fixing it. So it might be time for a new microphone. This one's probably three years old. But there again, the one you have is five years old. So what's that about? Just I'm just warning them in case it sounds like shite this week. Okay. It is Saturday, June the 26th. This is after the show number 690. The movie we're looking at this week, because we are a movie review podcast, Sid Talk. Oh, right, 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 right. Sure, 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 sure. The movie is Censor. It's a 2021 movie, and I have no idea when it's going to be released on Blu-ray because it just came out on streaming services. You can watch it over at Amazon. It's rated R, and it's from Magnet Pictures and Sitok. Give us the synopsis of the movie Censor. Hmm, synopsis. A woman? A woman? Okay, it's the 70s. It's England. There's this thing called video it's nasties. It's actually the 80s. Oh, it's the 80s. There, it's England, UK. There's a thing called video nasties, which we in America did not have. There was a censorship board that decided what movies could and could not be actually viewed by the public, or they could be banned or uh, rated, correct? Correct. This is a woman who does that for a living. She also might have some troubling thing in the back of her mind. And it sort of is the imagery from all the movies haunting her or is she just effed up? All right, let me give you the one off the box. Hmm, it doesn't say that? Weird. Well, it kind of does. Here we go. After viewing a strangely familiar video nasty, Enid, a film censor, sets out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. Hmm. I mean, that is, that's legit a good synopsis for this movie. It is, actually. Unlike the one last week, which didn't actually <laughs> come, didn't follow. So, Censor is, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, Sidtok. Always. That I have been looking forward to this movie. You have, because you're sort of intrigued by the whole video nasty thing, just because... Oh, I always have been fascinated by it, and I obviously lived through it, and we did watch some of the undercounter. I'll explain. In the video shop back in the 80s, videos were rated and then they were allowed to be rented to you. Or videos were 
not rated and then banned outright by the government. But that doesn't stop the people having those movies, right? Absolutely, they get out Absolutely, yep. So those movies, if you went and asked the guy in the video store, I said to you, there's a video store in this movie that is very similar to the one I used to go in. If you ask the guy at the counter, do you have anything? You know. You yeah, know. Because porn was also uh, banned. It, I mean, porn was not a thing in the UK. It was not allowed. So there was porn and horrible, horrific movies under the counter. You ask the guy nicely, he would let you have them. And I got the original Evil Dead that way. That's how I watched it. Mm. Funnily enough, Evil Dead was one of the movies that the British censors said would uh, not be, you know, would corrupt everybody or something. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So that's how that's how video nasties works. If you're American, probably is a weird thing to you, wouldn't it? Like, well, the whole government would... Well, I mean, of- we have censorship, but... I mean, you do, and there are... A rating been, system, we should, I should say, not yeah, really they don't, censorship. They don't remove anything here, do they, completely? I don't think. I don't know. Unless it was like... Doesn't don't, pe- don't people like Kevin Smith has said that the ratings board tell you have to do this, that, or the other, or they will not even give you a rating. And so I guess are, it's the same kind of deal. Yeah, but the deal in the States is if you don't get a rating from the board, you can still put it out on home video. You just can't put it in the theaters. Mm. So you can still get it out there. But in the UK, if you were on this list, which was the called the Video Nasty list, if your movie got on that list, you were banned. And some of those movies didn't even get unbanned until the mid-2000s. You know, so it's a weird thing. Kind so, of. So this movie revolves around that process, which is this lady who works for the... It does, but it doesn't. I know that you were kind of hanging your hat on that, but it's like she's at her job. We see a few clips. And we understand that she's like a perfectionist of sorts. Like she's real picky. They even call it Little Miss Perfect, where she doesn't want to let anything go through. Yeah. And then that's it. We don't see her doing her job anymore. It's like after the first few minutes, you don't... You know what I mean? It doesn't focus on her doing that anymore. I mean, a lot of the movie takes place in the workplace there, but yeah, I was a bit disappointed mm. with the how little we saw of them, you know, reviewing movies or looking at the footage. And you do see a little bit of it, and you see that she is kind of cold, and she's seen enough of it that it doesn't bother It seems bother like her. it doesn't bother her, yeah. But then it does bother her on occasion, because she gets really kind of wrecked by one of them that she sees. And then that leads to this thing. Now, this movie, I said to you, I feel, is like, I really was drawn in by the premise of it. But then the execution of it isn't quite to my uh, satisfaction. So please go back (laughs) and remake this and uh, do it properly. No. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. Definitively. Because I did enjoy, I did enjoy it in a way. It's just... Yeah, the first part it runs is out the of steam. Yeah, the setup is great. I mean, I really enjoy the, you know, this is where we're going, like setting her up to be sort of nervous. And then we find out there's something in her life. Okay, so when she's a girl, her sister goes missing, her younger sister. She doesn't remember anything. And so you get no details hardly, except she has weird flashbacks that are combined, like what look like scenes from horror movies mixed with her memories. Her parents make a point of saying, We don't blame you. So then you start going, oh, hold on. The sister's been missing for however many years, you know, and she doesn't remember. And then you get hints from this other crime is committed by someone who might have watched a Vizio Nasty. And then you're like, oh, is she a murderer? Like, so you get all that going on. I loved all that setting up. And then it just turned into something very different. Yeah, that's, I think that we'll talk spoilers here, but I think that's the issue, right? As a really good, like, first 40 minutes... It's a good build-up. It's slow. 
I like its pace because it's kind of slow and artistic. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cool shots and cool lighting. And then there's this point where it just turns into like, like it's telling you a lot of stuff really quickly. And it's kind of lame, I would say. I would call it lame. Ooh, that's severe. But yeah, I kind of get what you're you saying. You know, the last the last 20 minutes of the movie, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns into like, I was like, oh, this could have been such a clever thing, but it's just this. That's it. I mean, all that's happening is she's kind of descending into like, she's now convinced and then we're reminded by her father that she's had this sort of delusion before that she now sees her sister out in the world. Oh, this is her. This is her. Like all grown up. We have to find out, you know, because the sister just missing and they've, they want to declare her dead now after however many years. It looks like about 15, 20 years, maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So they have one little scene where she says, this is her, this actress in this movie is her. And they're like, no, you know, it, not again. And then all of a sudden she's like, she goes from being a little bit nervous and a little bit like quirky to being over the top. You know, one guy gets a trophy through the head accidentally. That's all gory and shit. And then she's all sweaty and weird. And then she goes and it turns into a cheap video nasty. Yeah. And I guess if that's what they're going for, that's cool and everything, but it doesn't fit at all with the first part. She descends into like hunting down this movie crew and then some other people get murdered. She's a little bit crazy. And then she has a delusion about something, finding her sister. You know, it just, it doesn't, it's like it fell apart. Yeah. I definitely feel like it fell apart and it it seemed like it was going to be clever Maybe supernatural, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, something. What was the one where if you watch the videotape, something happens or whatever, something like that. Ring. <laughs> the ring, yeah. I thought it was, I mean, not to copy of the ring, but I thought it was going for something supernatural or like there was going to be some scare or some... Are you going to find out definitively what happened to her sister and whether or not she's involved and if she's a crazy psychotic person... Who right. all these years has been suppressing it and just sort of living out her weird fantasies, you know, censoring these movies. But none of, there's no hint of any of that. It's just, it goes from her being sort of broken and sad to a weird smiling at the camera at the end. Like, <laughs> see, I'm crazy. But there's no writing or dialogue or scenes to fill in any of that. It's one of those where I do think, and I've said this many times, the people who wrote it, who talked it over, molded it over for hours and hours and hours, right? They have a lot more detail and background on this person and what she did. And they didn't put it in the movie because they've already, they already know it all. Well, again, Some of it's missing. This might explain something to you. This was the lady who directed it. She made a short film several years ago called Nasty, which is the kind of rough outline of this movie. But okay. this is a more expanded version of it. And we've seen that before with like the movie Lights Out, which was based on this shot. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, and it happens a lot, it seems, when they make a short thing into a full feature, is the reason it's a short in the first place is it has this singular little idea that is awesome and can be shown to you in five minutes. But then when you try and stretch out that thing to an hour and a half, it doesn't quite work ever. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, that's what's the deal here. I think the five-minute version of this movie is probably the crystallized, you know, cool idea of it. But then mm. when you stretch it out, you're like, really? Like, this And that's seems- because the idea of a person who, during this time period, is either absolutely, you know, sane person, but after watching all these movies, 
it makes her crazy and everything she's imagined, it's all imaginary. It's all fake. It's all unreal. And she's just going crazy, right? So there's one version that you could be telling, or she's actually a psychotic, murderous, crazy person to start with. And these movies, either she's like intentionally allowing weird things to go into society, right? To where she wants it to like affect other people and infect people's minds. That's one thing I was like, well, maybe she intentionally let that one movie go through, right? right? They mentioned a movie where a guy commits a crime that mimics what's in the horrible movie. And then they're all, everyone's down on the censor board because, well, how could you let this go See, through? Maybe she's intentionally going like, oh yeah, let that sneak that one through because I want that crime to happen in the world, right? But none of that happened. Like, none of that. And I so, mean, those are the clever things. Yeah, and those are things done. that could have been done in the little short. I haven't seen the short, so I don't even know what it's all about. But no. it just, it was very unfortunate because I was really into it. And then I was like, uh... And I don't get that feeling very often. You know, usually once I'm on the hook, I'm all in. Also, it has a... Clearly, the director is a, a fan of horror genres sure. and films, right? So it mimics horror movies right down to actual shots. The shots from The Evil Dead that I noticed. The shots from the original Suspiria. The shots from... Ooh, Suspiria. That's an interesting one. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I, feel, I think there are shots from Irreversible in here. Well, that shot of following someone with the red, I don't think it's unique to Irreversible. Irreversible is a movie that we're not advocating that you go watch it. But if you do, be a (laughs) grown-up. Be 40 years old before you ever watch it. But it's very specific visually. Yeah, and it was when the camera does this tumbling thing and it looks up at the light in the tunnel. It did that once and I was like, okay... That I remember that from Irreversible. I saw the Suspiria shot, and I saw the shot from Evil Dead. You didn't, you said, but it was no, right. and I didn't even notice until I'm about the other part that you wrote, or you pointed out to me. I was like, oh, I didn't even notice what oh. was going on. But well, this is the this same. is a big visual spoiler. This is the same for whenever this happens in any movie. <laughs> yes. Now this movie does it quite coolly, and I I'm kind of sensitive to it, and I immediately pick up on it. Right, so as also, this is funny, because all the interesting part of this movie at the beginning, and then this thing starts to happen, and then it gets lame, so it's like a it's like a line in the sand. But what happens is, the aspect ratio of the movie starts changing, and it starts changing over a five-minute period, and it's ever so slowly starts shrinking, shrinking, shrinking from the sides, and eventually she's in a little home movie frame in the middle. And I totally didn't notice. It takes about five minutes to happen from, the, from when it starts to when it happens, right? Now, we have a big projection screen, and I am very sensitive to knowing I've got it perfectly lined up. I did it with a, with a ruler and a spirit level, you know what I mean, <laughs> hanging the projector. Yep. So it looks at the screen perfectly level. Now, sometimes it goes out of true somehow, like something gets loose or whatever. And I was looking and I was like, oh, hold on. Why is it not filling the screen properly? Because it was tiny, the little black bars. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to have to adjust that. And then it started moving and moving. And then I said to you, oh, the aspect ratio is changing. Bet you didn't notice. And you said, no. <laughs> no. I no. still didn't hardly notice them. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And then all of a sudden it's a small black box right. in the middle of your whole screen. Like a very small one. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps back to reality again and it's full again. So they do use that quite coolly, but unfortunately it's in the section of the movie which I, hate, I really didn't like. Right, but here's the deal. Once you pointed that out to me, 
Did you have any, did, you, did this cross your mind? Oh, okay, I know what's going on now. We're going to keep zooming, zooming, zooming in. And what we're watching is a video nasty that someone else is watching to censor. That we're going to pull back so far that we're in a room. Because they made the point the first few times we showed her at work, watching a small screen, right? And then they kind of zoom out and it's them watching these okay. video nasty. I thought, oh, so this whole movie, or... The story of her has been turned into a video nasty, kind of like Centipede 2. It didn't happen, well, it, but I was like, okay, if you're going to use this tool, is that what we're doing? But no, that didn't and, it, and they did that very effectively in Human Centipede 2. You're watching, yes. <laughs> you're watching the end. Another movie we're not advocating, but hey. No, but this is great. Put Human Centipede 2 on. You're looking at it. You're watching the end of Human Centipede 1, the credits start to roll, and you're like, oh, Human Centipede 1, I know that, we've watched that, so we're tuning in for the sequel. Then the camera pans out of the TV and turns around to this night watchman just watching the Human Centipede in his little booth. And then the movie starts, and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is cool, right? Cause I mean, it's not a new idea, but it was pretty cool. No, but you have to go in your head like, okay, the Human Centipede exists as a movie? In this world, you know, it all starts to make sense. I really enjoyed that, and I thought this might have had a cool thing like that, but it does not. And one of the things I did like, though, about this movie, I don't know if you did too, was the little kind of video nasty movies that they had to actually make. Um, I couldn't tell the difference between real ones and not real ones. I mean, there was a bunch of real ones in the opening credits. You saw Driller Killer and stuff like that. Which, I'd seen all those movies, which... I'd never heard of them, so it was lost on me. Well... If it was a video nasty, I'd seen it because in the 80s, we're all obsessed with it. Like, oh, you've got to get those movies that nobody is allowed to see, right? Right. Like, so we all saw, no matter how bad they were, like Driller Killer and Cannibal Holocaust and all those movies. They're not even good movies. They just happen to be gory. <laughs> like, we were all obsessed with it in the 80s. And see, it's a lesson. When a government bans something, it just makes people want to see it more, right? Yep. Makes you want to do whatever it is more. Right. So regardless of what the activity is. It was an interesting time in, you know, it was Margaret Thatcher's Britain and all that. And it was an interesting thing. And now it, they wouldn't do it now, right? I feel like it'd be... Censorship? Be like, oh, taking, I think it's always possible. You feel like nowadays people would be like, you're taking too much away from me if you do that. Like They might, but I think some... I definitely think there are... And I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but there are definitely powers to be that if a country can ban and lock out, I know there are people who still make it happen, entire websites yeah, true. or all of internet. And yes, I know things get through and people find ways because people always find a way. There's definitely a way that people could just slowly take away your, I mean, even just introducing overriding ideas constantly to get you to not want that or this or that. So I think censorship on a worse level, is totally possible. Yeah, and this, you know, it was a unique thing, and American audiences might not even be aware of the video nasty thing, like you said, only you are because of me, right? Correct. It. So it's a unique little thing, and that's what drew me to it. I was like, I lived through that thing, and and it did kind of touch on it a little bit with her visit in the video shop and stuff, but it, and it wasn't enough. For yeah, me. it didn't really go full on. No. So that's censor the actual main movie. Let's... Move on to the cast. Neve, yeah, I'm going to get this right. Neve Alga plays Enid Baines. What did you think? Oh, I always like her. I think she's fine. She was pretty nerved up. You know what I mean? Like really nervous and like unstable, but I feel like that was exactly right. And I like her anyway. I've liked her and I think everything we've seen her in. She had to 
try and knock her Irish accent on the head. Because for some reason, they didn't have her as Irish always. She mm. tried to do an English accent, like a kind of a poshish English accent. But then sometimes I, I could hear that she was Irish. Mm. Did you notice that? No. I think it's because of her to speak in her own like dialect. Sure. It kind of bothered me a little bit. But I really like her. She's got a very, I don't know, com- there's something like you want to watch her, don't you, when she's on the screen. She feels genuine. Yeah, definitely watch her in some other things that she's in because she is an excellent actress. Who else have I got? Sophia Laporta plays Alice Lee, which is her sister in this. I mean... The little girl or the... The adult. She wasn't the sister, though. No, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, but she wasn't the sister. All right, then. The video nasty film star, Alice Lee. Exactly. So uh, what did you think of her? Uh, She was fine. Totally I mean, it's, it's just like... Could have been anybody. Yes. Sorry, lady, but it could have been anybody. Michael Smiley plays Doug Smart. You know who Doug Smart is. He's the uh, guy, the film producer guy. Oh, he's creepy. So he was effective. Yeah. But super creep. I think we saw him last in... I think he was in Bohemian Rhapsody, that guy. It was like hmm. a really sleazy agent guy. Might have been. Uh, who else did I put down? Felicity Montague, who we know as... Who do we know her as? I don't remember her name. I don't know either. I'm, think- I'm thinking Pam, but it's not Pam. Alicia? No. You just read it to us and we both forgot. Damn. She's Alan Partridge's... Oh, her! Assistant. Lynn. 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 <laughs> so Felicity Montague plays Alan Partridge's long-suffering assistant, Lynn. Long she's also suffering. in this movie as Valerie. I mean, she's not in it long, but I think she was trying to do something a bit different than Lynn. I mean, there wasn't time to know, to be, let's be honest. And then finally, I'd put down Claire Perkins as Anne. She's from EastEnders. Yeah. Or she was from EastEnders. She was in there briefly, but she was just a co-worker. Yeah. And I mean, they had to have these co-workers who were just like regular people. And that was, was kind of showing you that, yeah, the people who decide for you <laughs> what's suitable. Yeah, exactly. Just these regular people. Like, exactly. You know, and there was an interesting thing in this movie about these people who do this censorship thing were actually being harassed by the public. Because the public figure out who they are, because they all work anonymously. And then say, like, who are you to tell me what to do? Yeah. And that was a real thing. And there's a video documentary called Video Nasties you I've watched. And they used to cover their faces as they were going into the building. Like, they made them do it. Hmm. Because the paparazzi were trying to take photos of them all. So it's a whole thing. Like, so, but not covered enough in this movie. This is directed by Prano Bailey Bond. And she did that short called Nasty and a bunch of other shorts. So how do you feel about the director? Well, I think we've discussed that because the first part really, you know, getting me interested and getting me hooked. And then I think the video Nasty fan heart of hers took over and it kind of fell apart. So, you know. The cinematography and the set design and all that, I I think it's really good. Yeah, but that's down to the cinematographer and the set designer. Yeah, but it is the, also her. I mean, she will have <laughs> Right, but the like movie. the director would be the one who's sort of, you know, in charge of the whole deal. And I feel like it all kind of didn't work always. I think it worked visually. I just think the script was um, not really the script, but the plot itself was a bit bunk at the end. We've mentioned at least two or three ways that this movie would be more clever and fun. We've, we've come up with two or three different <laughs> solutions to it. And it's all in the writing. It's all in the, you know. We're not saying we could make it better. but We're saying that. If I was going to make a better movie, I'd make a better movie and I'm too lazy. Like it seems like a really clever and thoughtful idea until you get to the meat and potatoes of it where you go, oh, it's just that. And that is not enough for me. Like it doesn't. Also, it's not really a horror movie, is it? It's not scary. 
It doesn't feel like it, no. It's more of a, like, drama. Just involves some horrific images every now and then. Yeah, but like you said, there are lots of movies like that, where you think it's just a movie about this, that, or the other, but then they stick in a bunch of horror stuff. Yeah, so... But not even a lot of horror stuff. That's that's the real kicker. All right, so IMDb reviews. What are those, Sid Talk? IMDb reviews are reviews on IMDb. Well done. Yeah, well thank you. Thank okay. you, thank you. So these are the people on IMDb who would like to read the reviews who give this movie one star, just because we want to know what they were thinking when they give it one star. Because, let's face it, one star is literally the worst thing you've ever seen, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's the lowest on the scale. There isn't a zero. Yes, but sometimes the reasoning, the explanations don't, you know, it can't really be the worst movie you've ever seen. Number one says, waste of time. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. Sure, 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 sure. What the actual rubbish have I just watched? Started off promising, but no, no, no. It's awful. Oh, no, no. Number two says, and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Evil Ed. Me? Mm-hmm. No, of course not. Well, that's an actual uh, movie about censors in Sweden. And I've seen that movie, and that movie is kind of a cool movie. It's another censor movie about okay. a horror movie. Anyway, that was from years ago. So this guy says, and he just made me remember it, this movie is a boring, overlong ripoff of Evil Ed, a film about censorship gone crazy. The one That one was also made as a criticism to increasing censorship in Sweden in the 90s. Sensor employs a very giallo palette, and I explained to you earlier what giallo is. You did? It's an actual wave of horror movies from Italy from oh, the 80s. yes. That had neon palettes for the lighting. Yeah, okay. And Dario Argentino was like... A so there's helmet. one other person noticed that? Okay, cool, cool. Okay, yes. Cool, cool. I feel like I'm in the club. <laughs> and he says, this guy says, though... Giallo palette was characteristic of the 70s, not the 80s. Oh, snobbery. The only reason I can see for that choice was because the director, Prano Bailey Bond, is trying to ride the wave of Possessor. Possessor, the movie, used a 70s look with colors and effects because it could, since it wasn't limited by its temporal setting, unlike Censor, which tries to go for the historical angle. What is this voice Censor is also rife with scenes that amount to extended boomer stand-up jokes about answering machines, archive clerks, call recognition not being a thing yet. What is a boomer joke? What the fuck is wrong with people? Pardon my language. What is he talking about? The he-she person. What are they talking about? What is a boomer joke? (laughs) Clue me in. I'm not in the club, because I don't understand. But that voice you were doing got pretty hyped up there. I like it. This person says, I don't know why they make these kind of movies. I mean, they're (laughs) killing people and showing it so vividly. We don't need these movies. Which movie are we talking about? The original Nasties? This particular movie about video nasties? I think this movie we're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Then why did you watch it? And finally, this guy says, I started watching this movie with my wife. I managed to stomach about 15 minutes of confused boredom. And then both of us fell asleep. We woke up to see the end titles. Thanks to this movie, we caught up on sleep. Ah, took a time of your life to write that down, did you? You did. Impressive. You did a good job. Very impressive. Well done. Thank you and good night. (laughs) All right, so there are no extras because this is a streaming movie, but like I said earlier, you can go to Amazon Streaming and watch this now, wherever you are. And I want to say thank you to Amazon. What if you're on the International Space Station? Yep. Do they have streaming? Okay, just checking. 
In fact, they have very good internet because they've got a big satellite. Oh, listen to you with the knowledge. <laughs> so thank you to Amazon and Magnet Pictures for letting us watch this movie. Next week, we'll be reviewing a movie. Oh, good. <laughs> An actual movie. Yeah. Okay. So movie recommendations. I am going, the leading lady of this movie, Neve Algar. She's in a TV show called The Virtues, which is by Shane Meadows, and it stars Stephen Graham and her and others. It is freaking amazing. You should watch it. This is her performance, I think. And it was her very first performance. She was amazing in it. What do you think of that show? Uh, is this a review of that show? Because it was very emotional. And what do you think, talking of Stephen Graham, this week we watched the BBC's new drama called Time. It's just a three-part uh, one-off Starring Stephen Graham and Sean Bean. How good was that? That was really good. Also intense. I would give that a 9 out of 10 for a TV drama. You okay. have to give it a score. I don't have to give it a score. I think it's really good. You have to really like intense dramas. Yeah. It was there like, are a lot of people in the world who would say, oh God, it's so boring. It was so, such good drama. Very good. I love a bit of drama and that was some drama. And my other recommendation is the movie with Nicolas Cage called 8mm. Oh, that's a... Deep Dave. Deep Which dive. also has themes similar also to this. not great, but hey, I get what you're saying here. It's not great, but I love the subject matter again. And the subject matter was intriguing at the time because, you know, people talked about snuff movies and all that. Is it real? And this movie kind of like hits it, kind of went straight for it. Like True. So that's what I liked about it. And uh, are you going to ask for my yep. recommendations ever? Is that ever going to be a thing? My recommendations are from the 80s because I've gone back to the 80s and just made a list of all the movies I've seen. And I'm still in 1981, I believe. And the two movies are Taps and Pennies from Heaven. Two very similar movies. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I've seen both of them. Taps has Mr. Cruz yeah, and it. Sean Penn in it. And it's very good. Taps. Pennies from Heaven is uh, Steve Martin. And some other contemporaries. Is it a rom-com? It is. Hmm. Good question. Kind of. Kind of? Don't know. All right. I mean, it's not super romantic, but it has romance in it. And it's supposed to be a comedy. Subjective. But I watched it many times on HBO back in the day. A Scully stuff, which is where <laughs> I talk about what video games I've played this week. Great. I played a game called Maquette, which is a game that makes Sid Talk feel sick. It did. But it is a really... All right. Explain why. Because it's a first-person game and you don't like them. Uh, not necessarily. I Generally. Can, I can watch many first-person games, as you like to call them, you and your little crew. Um, but some movies or some games, as soon as I start watching, I feel like, oh, my sea legs aren't good immediately. And it's, it's just, it's not worth it. All right. So this game, Maquette... It's from Annapurna Interactive. They make movies, Annapurna. You've heard of them? Uh, have I? Yeah, you've seen the Annapurna logo in front of movies before. Probably. They're an art studio, kind of, really. And this game is also kind of an artistic game. It's a game that's got one conceit. It's like a puzzle game where you're using perspective to solve the puzzles. So there's a small version of this city in the middle of the level. And you can interact with the small version, which causes changes to the big version of the city, which is outside of the small. And this is because what is the de definition of maquette? Forget the exact definition, but it's like a... A miniature. Miniature. Model. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll give you an example. On the table in the middle of the room is a very small model of this world. And there's a little door with a tiny little key. You take the tiny little key out of the small door and then drop it outside of the model into the big world. It turns into a reg- or either a very big key or a regular size key. Mm, okay. And then you can open a door on the inside. So it's like looking for clues inside the small world and making changes in the big world. Got it. Now, so it's a bunch of puzzles using that conceit but within that is this really lovely kind of voice acted relationship drama i would call it because it's not all good actually the voice actor is bryce dallas howard i always forget her name ron howard's daughter her and her husband are the voice actors and it starts with them meeting and it unfolds as you solve the puzzles after you've solved each puzzle you get another voice acted segment it's like that how they met and then they moved in together and then they're in love and then spoiler yeah then they annoy each other <laughs> and there's a lot of arguments and then you know they split and move on with their lives but the the whole thing's kind of positive because it's about like they learn stuff about themselves you know it's a bit touchy feely you get what I'm saying yep but i've never seen that story told within a video game you know, not hmm. like that anyway. Like, usually video games are about shooting people. Sure. And they do tell stories Except for the one I'm playing right this minute. You know, they do tell stories occasionally that are good, right? The Last of Us 2, things like that. But they're generally on the intense action-adventure side or that kind of thing. This is literally just a relationship drama that really doesn't amount to anything super dramatic, aside from some arguments. <laughs> but it's... Sounds in- great. Now, it is kind of cool, and she's a very... Her and her husband did it really well. It feels like two people really interacting with each other. So I was impressed by that. So it's called Maquette. Maybe it was them actually working out their marital differences. Yeah, they just left a microphone on all the time. <laughs> so it's called Maquette, and it is on... I played it on PlayStation 5. I think it's on PC, Xbox, all over the place. The other game I played was a new puzzle game called lego builder's journey on the pc and it's a lego game but it's not like the lego games of the past where it's lego star wars or whatever it's actually a game that just celebrates the lego brick Mm. and it's photorealistic so it gives you a scenario like a square it's like a puzzle game so there's like a square and there's like four studs on it lego studs and then it drops four bricks down and you have to put them in the place this is the simple like easy part you put them in and then a fountain grows up from the middle out of lego and then the next level is like you got this little guy and he's going to get from one side of the play field to the other and you have to use like little lego like stepping stones to make a path for him to go and then it starts to build into this actual story about this these two lego minifigures like a man and his son and they're out in the wilderness together and it's a puzzle game, again, like Maquette, using Lego, and it tells this story, and it's really cool looking. It looks like actual Lego bricks. You know, like, at first, when I loaded it up, I was like, how have they done this? Is this just photographs all stitched together, and when I click on a Lego, it's loading another photograph? But no, because you can turn the camera 360. It's just like real-looking Lego, but in a game. So, Lego Builder's Journey, you can pick it up on PC... And it is very cool. Sid, so what's for dinner? Pasta. Pasta a la Sid. Talk. 
That's about it, really. Is that French? <laughs> no. Italian? Pasta with some mushroom sauce. That's it. Unless by the time we're done, I change my mind, but I think that's going to be it. And what is your advice? And we'll get out of it. My advice is very simple this week, and it is highly interpretive, as it isn't it always. I spent a weekend with my friends recently. We went to what's called the lake, but here in Missouri, south or southern Missouri, is the Lake of the Ozarks. I'm not a lake person, so not at all, right? I like my gardeny stuff. I don't mind being outside. Sometimes I love riding our bikes. I like hiking. The The lake life, as people call it, is not for me. I'm not <laughs> just not it. I don't like being hot and sweaty. I'm not on show. I'm a middle-aged round woman. I'm not out for any any of it. Any of that doesn't appeal to me. They, you know, going to it's hard to describe. I like going to the bar and hanging out with my friends, but I'm not there for the scene of it. I don't know how else to say it. But I don't sit there constantly and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm not going to do that. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, uh, that's not for me. Well, I just feel, I'm too hot. I'm too sweaty. I'm going back to the hotel room, right? Because that make me the asshole. Because I get it. For two to three days, we're going to spend some time together. My personal comfort, every precise little detail of my own comfort, is not that big a deal. I'm the asshole if I decide to make everyone else miserable. So in that situation, I chose not to be the asshole. I'd just be like, okay. I'm super hot and sweaty. Every single fat cell in my whole body is like swollen up and making me feel like, ugh. So what's my solution? I'll just drink a couple extra beers. Not a good solution, but I mean, <laughs> in line with doesn't sound... in line with not being the jerk or the asshole of the moment, it just relaxed. I was more relaxed and I had fun. I love being with my friends endlessly. Every single little adventure that we do, I'm on board with, right? It's just that if I was going to be the a-hole... I would be the one saying like, oh, do we have to go? So do we have to stay at the bar? I think I'm done being at the bar. I think I'm done being there. I don't want to walk around the hotel. Oh, my feet hurt. Like, no, just suck it up, right? Don't be the destroyer of the good time at the moment. So it's not really advice. Just don't be the a-hole. And if you don't want to partake of whatever's going on, just don't go. That's it. That's it. The end. That's well done. I like it. Thanks. Succinct to the point. It was not, but thanks. All right, you can catch us on aschoolie.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The podcast itself is on anchor.fm slash after the show or aschoolie.com, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get music from. Apparently, um, Facebook are about to do a podcast um, section, said Doc. So you can bet your bottom dollar will be on there as soon as it's available. Bottom dollar. Email feedback to me, aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't like any of you. She thinks you all suck. That is not accurate. And stay classy. I'm going to get a name right. Are you ready? Okay. Neve Algar. Right on. Because uh, I'm sure she's listening and that she appreciates your effort. And we're going to see her again in Raised by Wolves 2, which is coming soon. Nice. That was a good one. And I'm going to say think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. <laughs>